When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in episode 41 of Exodus. We're in the middle of the Ten Commandments. Um, Now, yesterday we talked about the commandment, Thou shalt not steal. And the commandment, Thou shalt not steal, I talked about a little bit. um, And I just want to recap because I didn't get the recap in. We had a little bit of an internet problem for the people who were live streaming it. Uh, So you already heard this if you're listening on a podcast, but I just want to briefly, briefly recap what it means, thou shalt not steal. The question always comes up, if we live in a society uh, and the government takes our money, is that stealing? And unfortunately, it isn't. It may seem like it's stealing, but it's not. Because God puts governments and leaders in place to create order out of chaos. And Paul said that we should obey the authorities that are over us. And remember, he was in the Roman Empire. Um, if, uh, if you live in a society and you've got a government that is providing order, even if it's a bad government, uh, you should follow that government. It's almost like if you are following the, the commandment that says obey your parents, the, even if you got the horrible luck of the draw and you have horrible parents, you're still supposed to follow your parents. Why is that? Because they're your connection to the past and they do provide order out of chaos in your life. Well, the same thing is true out of government. Government provides order out of chaos. And so as long as they're doing that, even if they're doing it poorly, uh, we are to follow government as best as we can. Now, does that mean that you couldn't as a citizen, if you feel like the government is is um, doing things wrong, that you couldn't overthrow the government, and I don't see anything in Scripture that says that you can't. I mean, I think, and this is a this is a tough one, uh, and this is one that Luther struggled with because when Luther broke uh, from the Roman Catholic Church and Germany started setting up its own governmental structures, there was a lot of anarchy and chaos that happened that that was sparked by Luther. And Luther felt very, very bad about that. And so he provided a lot of um, writings and documents about about following government. Luther's Luther's conclusion was you always follow government. You have to follow government. But I think if a government just goes off the deep end, uh, I think it is not against Scripture to um, to do a revolution at some point. Um, to to recorrect government at some point. I don't think these things are necessarily against Scripture, particularly if you get into a case where government has just gone completely off the rails. And what I mean by completely off the rails is where they tax and take everything from their people uh, and give nothing in return. And that, I think, is at some point uh, a point where you might it might be legally justified or scripturally justified to have some sort of revolution at some level. I don't know. Um, but I, th- I think in normal situations, even if you have a bad government, it's better than no government at all. So you have to, if you live in that governmental system, it is, it is not stealing 
Some people say it's stealing when the government taxes you. No, it's not stealing because we come together as a people and we figure out how we're going to be governed and we, and we move forward with that. Christianity can exist in a democracy, a representative democracy, an oligarchy. Uh, it can represent in a dictatorship, believe it or not. It can uh, represent in socialism, communism, uh, libertarianism. The form of government of a society is not that, that Jesus Christ is more powerful than government. Uh, he can get his message and his kingdom can grow. For example, one of the greatest play places that you know Christianity has been growing over the last 20 years is uh, China, which is under communist rule. Uh, it's a weird communist rule. It's communism, but they do allow some sort of independent ownership, like Jack Ma, who owes, owns uh, Alibaba, which is over in China, and he's a billionaire. Like, how does Jack Ma become a billionaire in a communist society? And I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> um, I'm not smart enough to know the answer to that. But, um, but if Jack Ma can become a billionaire and own Alibaba in a communist society, certainly the church can grow. And the church has been growing in China. It's a subversive church. There's two churches. There's the legally recognized churches in China that have to uh, obey and follow all the rules of what the Communist China, Communist Party in China says. And then there's this subversive underneath um, Christian church that's, the, you know, it's the, it's the, the catacomb church that's, that's doing amazing things also underneath the radar of the Communist Party. And that church is growing like crazy. I mean, Christianity, when it, get, that's the great thing about Christianity is it really is a phenomenally good thing for most people. Um, well, it's, it's a phenomenally good thing for everybody, but it works really well. The underground church works really, really well in communist situations. When, when, it, when a country is overtly Christian, it, God blesses those countries immensely because they've, they are Christian churches and the things that Jesus talks about are great for countries. So when a country kicks out Christianity, which has been happening in Europe, all over Europe, um, it is not good. I mean, you get, you get a reversion into things that are just not helpful for society. And I see it happening in the United States. Um, we can't force people to be followers of Jesus Christ. But we as a church can go into our world and make disciples. And the more disciples there are, the more that influences the political system in our country. Let me put it that way. Uh, and that's that's what uh, that's kind of how I read scripture. I know that there are a lot of churches that, uh, even denominations, that align themselves with one political party or the other. I think that's very dangerous. I don't think that's wise. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily wrong. Um, it's just that be very careful who you, you know, who you marry. Because the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this earth. They work together and they have to be in partnership together. But the kingdom of God triumphs and wins all the time. So paying taxes is not, um, is not theft. I know it may seem like theft at times, but it's not theft. Uh, here in the United States, we have a relatively, for the middle class, a relatively low tax rate. I think if you go into some places like Sweden, it's a much higher tax rate, like 40, 50 percent. But in those countries, the, the government provides an incredible amount of services for that tax rate. Um, it's like 
if you are in a in a country like Sweden, um, the safety net is huge. Um, but you know, even Sweden has some interesting things. Like I think it's isn't it Sweden that has uh, privatized social security? And I think about how much money I've given to social security over fifty years, right? And it's um. Uh, you know, it's it's probably if it if you you know calculated it all up, it would be you know and gave it a, even a four or five percent interest rate, it would be uh, you know millions of dollars, and probably would never ever see that in retirement. Um, and then if I die, it goes away. But in in other countries, they have privatized Social Security. They've forced people to be a part of it, but they privatized it so that they make sure that everybody has uh, an income stream in retirement. But then when you die, then that, if you don't use social security, that whole entire thing, you can, you know, legacy onto whoever you want to legacy it onto. Uh, so apparently those place countries where, you know, they're trying it is really, really, really good. Um, but you know, with but they also have high taxes elsewhere. So <laughs> I mean, what it, there is no perfect system. There is absolutely no perfect system, but there is no theft, um, in, in our form of government. It's, it may seem like theft at times, but it's it's uh, God tells us to follow our rulers um, because they provide order out of chaos. They provide a place for his kingdom to grow. All right, so um, that was, uh, I think that's what I wanted to say yesterday. And I, and I oh man. So uh, we're going to go on because uh, this is, I think, the next commandment. I, I, I have a lot of words to say about this. So let's just go ahead and get into it. This is Exodus 20, 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, this is a great commandment. Basically, it's not lying. Jesus said, you know, tell the truth, speak the truth in love. So that's Jesus. But here in the Ten Commandments, it's not saying you shall not lie. Um, it says you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, which is a lie, but it's a ter certain type of lie. It's basically um, besmirching or reducing uh, your neighbor's reputation, destroying your neighbor's reputation because uh, you gave false witness. You said something that was wrong about your neighbor. My friends, this is... Oh, I think it's probably one of the most critical commandments that we could teach our children today. Don't give false witness against your neighbor. Don't destroy your neighbor. I mean, your neighbor, you know, his goods, his possessions, his life. You could come in and say something against your neighbor that would destroy your neighbor, completely destroy your neighbor. And in the world of politics today, this is happening all the time. Uh they, when they when you have these campaigns of like a major presidential campaign, you'll have one presidential campaigner standing up and they'll say something about the other candidate and they'll go negative, right? It's like we'll try to keep it positive for as long as possible, but then as soon as, as soon as it looks like we're losing, we're gonna go negative. Why? Because negative sells. People listen to negative. Negative gets on the front page of the New York Times. Negative uh, thousands of people make little posts on Facebook about negative stuff about the opposing candidate. Negative sells. 
So we got, we're going to go negative. We're going we're gonna to go that direction. And so you have these political candidates. Now, are they telling the truth? Well, I don't know. You know, you say, this is what we've discovered about our candidate, and here's what it means, and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's politics. Um, and I hate it. I really, 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 truly hate it. Because basically politics today paints the worst picture about your opposing candidate that you possibly can paint. And I would just love, I would love to see a politician get up there and say, you know what, for the last 100 years, um, politics has gone negative. I'm not going to do that. My candidate is a decent person. And if they got elected, the country would not die. But... Here is some policy disagreements that I have. And so you as the voter have to decide whether or not you like the policies of my candidate, which could lead to these things, or the policies that I have, which could lead to these things. Um, of course, that's assuming that everybody that votes, votes with their head. But I would say the vast majority of people that vote, vote with their crowd, their tribe. Their, they vote with the people that think like them and act like them and a lot of times voters say, I don't, I don't really care um, to dig into these issues. I just, just tell me how to vote and that's how I'll vote, right? Uh, and that's, that's what they do. And the thing is, is that the United States is a big ship, big ship, and it has got a big, big, big government behind it. And no particular congressman, senator, president, vice president, uh, Speaker of the House, none of these people have enough power to dramatically change the direction of the ship. The ship is too big. You might be able to be like a gnat on the steering wheel of the rudder, pushing as hard as you can, but it's it takes a lot of gnats to be able to do that, to make an inch change. Uh, I do not like politics because of this. And politics sets the tone of a lot of things in our culture. And so if it's okay for a candidate to say negative things that aren't true, then it's okay for me to say things that are negative, that are not true. And so I post them everywhere I possibly can. And I just create this whole umbrella of false testimony about issues that are important in the United States. And we've just descended into chaos, is all I say. I have seen so much untruths, lies. I'll say that. I've seen so many lies that have happened. Uh, and, and it started, you know, it started, I'm, I don't know. It's been pretty much the whole my, oh, my lifetime. I see candidates say things that just aren't true. They're just blatantly not true. And they're sh they have shock value and people believe them. But in my opinion, they're not true whatsoever. And, um, and, and it gives false testimony. And if we, if we could, if we, if I could get into the school system and teach one thing, it would be this. Um, it's basically don't just believe everything that you hear. Um, test it. Figure out if it's the truth. Is it a false testimony or is it a not a, a, a false testimony? Um, one of the things that is happening throughout the United States in massive doses is that there are schools that are part popping up that are going back to a classical 
education. And one of the things that is a pillar of classical education is critical thinking. And I just don't, the, the, the school systems as I see it today do not teach critical thinking. The school systems as I teach today, are, as I see today, are more about following the crowd, uh, learning to the standards. They call it teaching to the test, right? That, that you uh, you know what the test is. And so you, you basically say, here are the things that are going to be on the test. And these are the things you need to learn to pass and to get an A plus or, you know, whatever. And so you teach those things. Um, but what's not taught in, anymore is critical thinking. Like, here's an issue. Let's just think critically about this issue. And does it really make sense? Um, and and teaching our children to stand up against the crowd when it's necessary and to think for themselves. And this has, you know, this has implications in Christianity, but, and Christians should be teaching this, but it's something, critical thinking is something that our world is lacking sorely. Because if you are a major player in the world, pharmaceutical company or a educational company or a political party or uh, you know any number of you know Amazon, Tesla, all these different companies. Uh, you don't want people to think critically. You want basically people to think what you believe and you have the power to change that. And so that's what you you know you you want to do. Unfortunately, there's enough diversity that hopefully people can get to the truth. One of the things that's really bothered me about this whole pandemic has been that truth has been a byproduct, has been has been thrown to the wayside. Um, I have seen things that are blatantly lies that have come out, and um, th this has come out from all sources. <laughs> and uh, in my opinion, it's killing people. Um, the, the, and so, and I'm not going to tell you what they are because immediately you'll say, I don't believe that. <laughs> okay, fine. That's, you know, but we don't have, we don't have people that critically think anymore. We just simply don't have people that critically think anymore. We have people that follow the crowd and our education system is not designed to have people critically think the education system that has been handed down to us over the last hundred years is basically if you want to get along in life, follow the crowd. Here's how the crowd moves. Uh, you know, would never go against the crowd. Oh my goodness, that would be horrible. Um, but some of the stuff that the crowd does is false testimony. It's not truth, and uh, you can't you can't live your life that way. If you're a Christian and you want to follow God, there are times when you need to think critically about some issues and things. And really, really dig down deep and try to find out what is the truth and what is not the truth. And it is so hard because there's so many truths out there. But God said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. These are the things that Jesus, speak the truth in love. Jesus talked about the truth a lot. The truth can be painful and difficult, and sometimes the truth causes us to go down paths that are very uncomfortable. But my friends, if you always follow the truth, <clears throat> you will always do well because Jesus is the truth. Um, and it it's, it's very difficult to, to find the truth.
And if you know what the truth is, and you tell a lie when you know what the truth is, that, in my opinion, is one of the worst sins you can possibly, possibly have. Now, if you don't know the truth, if you've been told things and you believe them and you don't see any reason not to believe them, that's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an intentional, I know the truth, but I'm going to stand up in front and I'm going to say a lie. That, my, that, my friends, is the worst. Uh, like, I, I hope that God has a special place um, of punishment for, for that. <laughs> because people who blatantly lie for their own personal gain or their own political gain or whatever, I, this is just, that this is not, um, it's not good. It, it, it creates divisions. It doesn't move us forward. It can destroy people. It basically, it's destroying other people at the expense of you, right? Now, these are harsh words, and I'm sorry about that. And Jesus does forgive us for when we, when we don't know the truth or, you know, if we repent of the times that we've told lies and when we know that there are lies about other people, the, Jesus can, can forgive that. We are in his kingdom. His power of his Holy Spirit helps us fight the battles of life. And I guess maybe that's that's probably the, the good place to end is that when it comes to speaking the truth and the truth is difficult and the truth hurts and the truth is going to destroy you because of whatever the truth is, know that God's Holy Spirit is with you and he will walk beside you and he will help you fight the battles that will be ahead because you spoke the truth. Um like, for example, if, if you committed a crime and, um, you know, you can lie about it. You can say it wasn't me. Uh, you can say, uh, you know, I, I didn't do that. You can go to court um, and spend millions of dollars in court trying to figure that out. Um, or you could own up to it and say, this is what I did. And I'll, I'll accept the punishment and the consequences from it. And the consequence may be very severe. But God will be with you in the severity of those consequences. Um, this one, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but this particular commandment just resonates with me highly. I, I, because I think that the giving false testimony, there are people, there are so, there is so much false testimony out there right now that is destroying, destroying people, destroying our culture, destroying our country destroying all sorts of things because people people don't care about uh, the the one thing you hear oh I guess man look at the time the one thing you hear is that the ends justifies the means it's okay if I don't speak the truth because when I do this this is going to happen and that end is so important that it's worth me speaking a lie now to which I say hogwash Jesus is all about the truth and dealing with the truth and forcing the truth out into the open. And that's the way he calls us to live our lives. Um, and, and it all comes back to this. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. So um, I guess we'll end it there. Um, kind of a downer, but maybe not a downer. Because 
if everybody spoke the truth, if everybody started living like this, just think about how amazing our country would be, our world would be. It'd be pretty amazing. All right, well, let's close in prayer. Gracious God, the truth is hard, but you walk with us um, all the time, helping us fight the battles that ensue because we follow the truth. For that, we thank you. In your son's name we pray, amen.